episode two of the Faith on Fire podcast, Earning Income as a Business, an introduction to independent contractors and self-employed taxes. You are now listening to the Faith on Fire podcast, a pod for financial literacy, coaching, and real-life examples on how to transform your finances. I'm your host, Simone Brumel. Follow me on my path to financial freedom, and I'll give you tips on how to start and continue yours. Money is a tool, so learn how to use it wisely. Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Faith on Fire podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about earning income as a business or self-employed or as an independent contractor, comparing that to last week's episode where we talked about being an employee. So there's be a lot of tips for people who have entrepreneur goals or are working on a side hustle, anything that you're trying to do for yourself, this episode will be for you. So to be fair, there is preferential treatment to businesses in our tax system. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have a full-blown business right away. To be honest, most people are on some timeline of being an entrepreneur. Typically, it would start out as your side hustle, just something you dream about, you trying to figure out. And the goal is to ultimately get to a point where you're fully self-employed. Now, wherever you are in that timeline, hopefully this episode gives you some clarification on how you get taxed when you become the boss. So I'll first start off with people in a hybrid situation where you're still working your job, but you are starting your business on the side. So you're kind of in between. You're not fully self-employed yet. So one thing to point out for people who are in this transition period is it's okay to still have your job and try and figure it out as you're starting a business. Because in general, The first year or first couple of years that a business starts, you're typically operating at a loss or just barely breaking even. So this isn't the time to go all in and bet it all on your new business. You want to give yourself some time to figure out how to make money. And in those first years that you're either at a loss or breaking even, One benefit or one way to look at that loss is that it can offset your employee income or your W-2 income on your tax return because it's ordinary trader business income that goes against your ordinary employee income. So in a way, it will help reduce your taxable income. Now, just from a general business perspective, yes, you have a loss, but This is more your investment period, right? The time and energy you're putting in to build your business, that's more of an investment and the upfront startup costs. So from a tax perspective, 
you can claim that and it will be beneficial on your overall personal tax return. Now, how much money you're losing and where you go long term with your business is a separate conversation. But just thinking about your tax return, if you're making money from a job and you also have a loss from this business, the benefit would be that you can offset your ordinary income with this ordinary loss from your Schedule C where or your business. Now, there's limitations to that. So it's not every dollar for dollar that you lose, you're going to write it all off, but there is that benefit. So I want to talk about a couple characteristics of being self-employed or having a startup or even being an independent contractor. And just a little on the independent contractor, this is where you aren't completely self-employed, but you aren't an employee of a company either. So the big differentiator is if you work for a company, how much control does that company have over what you do day to day? So if you think about any job that's freelance, whether that's like a writer, painter, photographer, in general, that person doesn't have set hours by the company or their tasks or their job description isn't laid out by the employer. They're hired to do a task. So you hire someone to take photos for you or someone's writing an article for your newspaper. They're just coming in to give a service and how they do it, what hours they do it, that's on them. So they're independent. So where this overlaps with being self-employed is that whether you're an independent contractor or you are self-employed or have a startup, you are responsible for recording all your income and your expenses. So the biggest thing about being a boss, an entrepreneur, owning your career is the responsibility. And where you are an employee and everything for the most part is handled for you, meaning they pay in your withholding, they tell you how much you're paid, they negotiate the salary, and you just really have to make sure it ties out at the end of the year. When you're self-employed, it's your responsibility to keep your books, meaning recording your income and your expenses. It's your responsibility to pay the tax payments. Typically, small businesses are required to make quarterly estimated payments, and that could be for federal as well as state, depending on what what your business is, and you're responsible for your retirement. So there's no pension, there's no 401k available to you. Your responsibility is to oversee all of that. And from that standpoint, I strongly encourage people who are thinking about being their own boss to really understand if you are prepared to be a boss because it's not easy to manage that. And if you aren't an organized person or fully understand how business is run, you either need to make sure you have a partner or someone you trust to kind of check you on these things because you can be a great creative and have ideas and 
can execute on the skill of your business, but if you can't manage the business, you're going to be in trouble really soon. So from a tax perspective, all of the credits and deductions we talked about last week in general still apply. So that's your standard versus itemized deductions or any of the credits we talked about for childcare, etc. That still applies here. And if you need more information on that, go and check out the first episode on intro to individual taxes. So all of those will still apply on your tax return. The difference will be a Schedule C where you report income or self-employment income. Now, there's many different ways to form a business legally. So your legal formation will determine a few different things. And I'll talk about that a little bit here, but not in full detail. Your legal formation is going to determine how you're taxed. And typically that decision, you want to make sure you think about that before forming a business, considering your liability, what type of business you're doing. There's a lot of things you want to consider, but the three main formation types, you're either a corporation, S Corp slash partnership. I'll put those two together for now. And then an LLC. So a corporation, we're all familiar with that term, but for tax purposes, what that really means is double taxation. So a corporation is treated as a separate entity for tax purposes. So the government taxes that corporation and then you as the owner or owners pay taxes on the income you receive from that. So for example, if you own stock in a company, right, you own Google stock, the dividends or whatever return you get from that stock, you pay taxes on. That's the second time that money is taxed. So the biggest thing to remember about forming a corporation is that double taxation because the entity itself, the corporation is going to file a tax return and then whatever money you pay out to yourself is also taxed on your individual return. The second legal formation is a partnership or an S-corp. And I'm going to group these two together because they have pass-through treatment. So all that means is the income isn't taxed at the S-Corp or partnership level, but it's taxed at the owner level. It gets passed through to the owners. Now, there's rules and things to check for an S-Corp, which I'm not going to go into, but in general, it has pass-through treatment unless you break the rules and then it has to be treated as a corporation. So with that being said, you can either have corporate treatment, which is taxed twice, at the corporate level and then the owner or pass through treatment for your S corps or your partnerships where the S corp or your partnership files an informational return, just telling the government what this entity made. And then you, the owner pay the tax on the income on your personal return. Now the last legal formation type, the LLC 
The reason I kind of pulled this out from the other two is because you can choose how it's taxed on form 8832. So with an LLC or a limited liability company, you're essentially allowed to choose to be taxed as a corporation or as a partnership. And there's rules around this as well, but in general, it's flexible. So typically, for that reason, LLCs are more attractive to a lot of people. But the, but again, being taxed as a pass-through or paying tax twice. Okay, so you've started your business, you've chosen how you want to be taxed, and... Now you're filing your personal return. What are some of the benefits you have for your small business? The big picture for having a small business or side hustle, however you think about it, is just remember anything that's ordinary and necessary for you to run your business, you're eligible to claim that as a deduction on your taxes or a lot of people like to use the frame, the phrase write-off. Any ordinary and necessary business expense can be a write-off on your small business return. So now we'll go over some of the typical deductions available to people with small businesses or independent contractors. The main thing to remember is that any expense that is ordinary and necessary for your business can typically be deducted. Now there's, again, exceptions and disclaimers for for every specific situation. And I'll only go over a handful of these deductions. So the first most common one is, is related to your space. So that could be the rent you pay for, or that can mean your home office. So if you're just starting out, for the most part, you're probably just still at home, figuring it out, you know, packaging whatever you need to at home. You're still cooking your food. If you're a chef, you're preparing your artwork, whatever it is, you're still doing it at home. You can claim your home office or home space as a deduction. So the IRS has two methods to claim home office deduction. One where they give you a set amount per square foot of the space in your home, or the other is you actually calculating the actual expense for the space. It's a little more in detail, but the big thing to, the main thing is that whatever your space is, it needs to be regular and exclusive use. What that means, it can't just be your bedroom and you sit in your bed and work from your laptop. No, you want to make sure you have a designated space that you're doing work out of. So if you're an artist and you work out of the basement or the garage, you consider that space your office, that's what you use. If you're a chef and that's the kitchen, the kitchen as well as an office, that's what you use. The space also has to be your principal place of business, which is pretty straightforward. Essentially, the deduction is allowing you to be that startup 
and not go out and get that rental space just yet, you're still at home figuring it out, will allow you to take some of that space as a business deduction. The second thing small businesses can consider is the business use of of your vehicle. So if you're doing deliveries or you drive to meetings, whatever it is, you use your car for the purpose of your business, you can take some of those expenses as a deduction. And similarly to the home office, there's two options. You can calculate your actual expenses. So that's the gas you use, the car payments if you have one, or lease payments, vehicle maintenance, the insurance. You can tally up all of your expenses and factor in what specifically is related to your business and take that as a deduction. If you have two cars and you can say, this is specifically my business use car, that's probably easier math to do. So you can write off all of the expenses related to that vehicle because that's your business car. Or the simpler way is the IRS gives you a mileage allowance. So all you'd have to do is calculate how many miles you drive in relation to that business. And for every mile, you can take a standard rate of 58 cents per mile for 2019. And every year that number sometimes changes, but essentially they're just, you would just multiply that by the amount of miles you've driven for your business. Anything you're paying to run your business you're gonna take that as a deduction against the business. Because overall, this is you calculating the taxable income of your business. And all that means is all of the income you made, you had expenses to create that income, so the IRS lets you deduct that. And that's what it means to be, to have And that's what people mean when they say businesses have preferential tax treatment. Because if we think about your life as an employee and you go to your job, you have expenses to go to work or to stay at work, right? Your lunch, any commuting expenses. But those aren't allowable deductions on your personal income tax return. So if you did that same work for yourself, you have the benefit of claiming that on your taxes. And that's not to say one is better for you from a financial perspective, because it may make sense to go to a job that's gonna pay you more money where those expenses aren't that big of a deal to you compared to you starting out and not making as much income in your personal business and then claiming it as a deduction on your return. So it's not the primary reason why you should go into business, but that is the difference in how you're treated. And that goes to the thought that the government wants to encourage entrepreneurship and capitalism and uh, business ownership. So they will give you those benefits to start something out on your own. So as we bring this mini series on taxes to a close, I really hope there was information that was helpful to everyone as they go through their tax season. Good luck to everyone. Hope you don't owe too much. Um, 
But just a few closing words to anyone who has dreams of being self-employed or owning your own business. Your decisions to have that business should not be driven by tax perks. So you shouldn't be listening or you shouldn't have listened to this and felt, you know what, I'm going to start a business so I can just start writing off my expenses. Your main reason for being self-employed should first and foremost be what should first and foremost come from your passion what is something that you can wake up every day doing and you feel strongly about for putting in the work to do because actually having a successful business is going to take lots of hard work and time and energy and it's not for the faint of heart so make sure your decision to be your own boss isn't dictated by someone else who's you know maybe they've shamed you for having a job or you feel that pressure from society make sure your thoughts in doing it is because you're really passionate about whatever you're getting into starting something for yourself is a pretty big part of having financial freedom and a lot of people find financial freedom by starting their own business whether that's something they have a skill on or or, and are passionate about from makeup to fashion to food these are great ways to become financially free because you can start your own thing and not have to rely on a typical job however it's not the only way to financial freedom and Either way, understanding your taxes is a key part of being financially free because no matter how you're earning your income, you're going to have to pay tax on it. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so I wanted to introduce a new segment. Hopefully it's something people enjoy. Gonna close one podcast a month with a book recommendation. So I try to read at least four books a month. That's one of my personal goals for the year. Um, Just continuing to read more, something I've always done. And then of course, as you get busy with work and just life I had straight away from that so for 2020 my goal is to read at least four books a month so what I'll do is one podcast a month I will do a segment recommending one of the books that I really enjoyed and sometimes it'll be finance related or money related but sometimes it won't it'll just be a book that I really liked this month's book is Originals by Adam Grant, How Nonconformists Move the World. I recommend this book for creatives, 
anyone who's in a management position at their job or challenged to think outside of the box, either on their job or in some role they're doing, or you just have a dream. And we spent a lot of time today talking about entrepreneurs. I think it's a great book for that as well. This book does a really great study of creativity and originality, imagination, and success and how those things relate to successful people. So it gives lots of examples of startups or businesses or just creative people and how they were successful in examining the qualities and traits those people had. So I don't consider myself creative per se. I think for the most part, I fit the stereotypical accountant mold in the math and science and math and science realm, very analytical. But this book really challenged my thoughts on creativity and overall taking risks and what it means to be a creative or to explore your imagination. So one of the quotes that actually really stood out for me, he mentions entrepreneurs who keep their day jobs have 33% lower odds of failure than those who quit their jobs in starting their businesses. And I thought that was really cool, especially as I was preparing for this podcast. If you're a reader, I strongly recommend this book. If you're creative, or even if you're not creative, it really opens your, really challenges the thoughts of being successful in having ingenuity. So let me know what you think about this book segment. If there's books you think I should read and talk about, or if you're not a book reader at all, I strongly recommend audiobooks. If you're not a big reader, especially in this on the go time, it'll just help you get through information and you're still learning while you're listening. All right. Thanks again for listening. Please like and share and subscribe on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. I really appreciate all the support. If you're not following me on social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Faith on Fire LLC. I'll be back in two weeks with another podcast episode. I'm hoping to remain consistent and do two podcasts a month. So that's every other week for the most part. That's it for now. Until next time.